Hello and welcome to another episode of CryptoCast. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Wendy Harrison, who is the CEO of First Idea, a fintech with a red tech innovation which helps classify products within the taxonomy, now with a new focus on crypto assets. Hi Wendy, it's great to have you on. Thank you, James. Thank you for inviting me to one of your podcast events. Very happy to be here and taking part. So I, I think, I mean, people use the, the taxonomy word quite lightly, but I think it'd be helpful just to start off with kind of what a taxonomy actually is and why you see it as important to create a taxonomy for crypto assets. Great. It's a good question. So I thought I'd start by offering the following analogy. Um, so if we go back in time before Google was Google, we're talking about the early noughties, early 2000, when the Internet is seen as a very re revolutionary technological marvel on a truly global scale. Back then, the first search engines were only useful if you knew the exact name of the website you were searching for. So this sounds familiar. If you consider how does this compare when searching for crypto assets today? If we bring it up to date and we come back to today, we use the web for virtually everything. But it was the search engines that made it useful. And likewise, crypto assets are seen as a new revolutionary technological marvel of today. But like the early Internet, we need a way to organize index and catalog the various coins offerings to help differentiate between them and so we can find what it is we're seeking. Whether you're a custodian, investment or a layperson, one of the immediate challenges I see is to have an accurate understanding of the crypto assets they're engaged with. So to answer your other question, what is a taxonomy? Um, it's basically a scheme of classification and as such, the item being defined can appear only once in the taxonomy. So people would then argue, well, you know, isn't that just the same as placing things in boxes? Well, to illustrate that point I have with a story, um, a few months back, I was speaking with a global head of data for capital markets, one of the large multinational banks, and their comment was, ah, oh, yes, product taxonomy, we have lots of those. So my point is, if a taxonomy is a classification system for defining financial products, explaining what they are and how they work, then why would you need more than one? In this scenario, uh, the score would have been hierarchies, many product taxonomy, nil. So that's what a taxonomy is, it's a classification system. So fine, I've got a taxonomy, what's the big deal? What, what can I do with it? So we often get asked this, this question. A taxonomy can help save money by saving time and people's effort. By how it does that is through organizing information according to some relational rules. And this has been seen to help streamline processes by providing a faster, responsive pool of crypto knowledge. And this is not just theory. When we've put it into practice in a large multinational bank, it greatly simplified their portfolio and their processes around areas like governance and uh, compliance. On the sales side, it can help pinpoint coins and tokens that service a specific client need or meet their objectives. If you can mix this and couple this with the understanding of what the designated target market is for that coin and what its purpose is, then you're going to get a better match. And then thirdly, it can assist with regulatory compliance through our partnerships with firms like yourselves, James at Gunner Cook, providing a regulatory overlay for a given jurisdiction. And having done so, we can help identify restrictions that may result as a result of the regulation. So coming back to the analogy, if you consider there are people alive today that cannot imagine what life was like before the internet, then likewise the same is likely to be true for crypto assets going forward. 
And we see this as just one stepping stone in its evolution. That's really interesting. And I think you know, it's amazing how you get the generational shift. And, you know, I think I'm part of a generation which can't imagine a world without the internet. And I think in 10 years, I'm the a generation you can't imagine a world without crypto in some shape or form in it. Okay. I think one of the interesting things is, I mean, when, when you're putting in together a taxonomy like this, given the variety of different crypto assets out there, how do you even begin to decide which attributes of crypto are, you, are worth picking out for a taxonomy and kind of how you should put them all together in a taxonomy? Um, actually, it's, it's easy. Identifying the, the family a crypto asset belongs to is the easy part. The um, And the reason we say that is because, like any other family, um, we inherit the features of that family um, or the crypto asset is going to inherit the features from the family it belongs to. Like, like we have done, um, we inherit our characteristics from our own families. So if the coin we're defining doesn't have a set of features that, based on the family we've chosen for it, then it doesn't belong in that family. And it may be a case that we just don't have a family group that matches its characteristics, in which case we can define a new family and create a new definition for it. And that is, in fact, how a taxonomy evolves over time. And it's also the reason why a taxonomy differs from a hierarchy, because we're not just putting things into boxes or our rules governing what you're allowed to associate to what. Um, so the real question here is how do we decide the features um, that belong to a taxonomy group? And the way we do this, we, we take a, a set of what we might call like crypto assets and we look at what's common between them. And then we look within that group as to what distinguishes uh, one coin from another. And we call these distinguishing features. And they are basically ones where if you change of the distinguishing feature, then it's likely to change the nature of the coin. And that's basically how we build up a picture of, for example, what a cryptocurrency is or what a utility token is or what a payment token is. Um, the key here is that we're focusing on the crypto asset being classified. We're not worrying about the structure or how many levels it has or how many branches. And at, at this point, we're just purely focusing on the item we're trying to classify, which I think is um, and has proven to be a, a good way of uh, tackling this problem. That, that's really interesting. And well, I still think, I mean, presume it must be really difficult because you still have all the different white papers of highly varying degrees of quality from those where they've been really poorly drafted and it's quite difficult to understand what it is they're getting at to those where, where people have put in a lot of time and effort and sometimes are really very engineered. Have you found this kind of being an issue with the kind of mercurial nature of the information you sometimes get about the different crypto assets? Um, yes, uh, for sure. And you're absolutely right. Um, white papers will differ immensely in terms of the volume of information they're willing to disclose, which is why we also reach out to coinages themselves to hear firsthand um, what they think, what makes their coin so different from anything else that's currently on the market. The the key here, though, is, is standardising the terminology. So create a glossary of terms such we agree what those terms mean and that helps um, if you have a common language or you're speaking then that helps with the understanding the definition but funny enough once you've actually defined a coin and classified it it doesn't often change its spots and by that I mean that the definition um, is quite but that consequently is, uh, is quite stable um, 
of course, you know, crypto is, is a very fast evolving uh, market space and changes to technology are kind of expected. Um, for example, we've seen examples where there are a switch and consensus mechanism from a proof of work to a proof of stake. But that doesn't necessarily mean it changes the taxonomy family or the coins classification. In that case, it's probably just a change to a particular feature that it has. Um, remember also, a taxonomy is not perfect out of the box. It's not fully evolved. Um, but it does provide a benchmark to measure new coins as they are issued, which we can then compare with what we know about existing crypto assets. And so the taxonomy itself will evolve, like the example I gave earlier, where you might come across a crypto asset that is so distinctive, so different that it, it needs classification in its own right and has its own taxonomy family. Um, but like I mentioned, the glossary, uh, an early quick win from defining a taxonomy and going through this effort is that it does help standardize the terminology being used. And that's quite key in helping people understand what certain coins do, what, you know, what these different terms like proof of work mean and will help with the wider adoption going forward, we believe. So I hope that answered your question. I mean, one of the like, follow-on questions that is you, you refer to a glossary. One of the interesting things I've seen is you get different people from different backgrounds using exactly the same words with different meanings and then they use different words with the same meanings. And that's not just kind of lay people, but I've seen people like regulators do the same thing. When you're creating your glossary, did you kind of look towards a particular set of definitions or did you try and come up with something which is a sensible answer to, to different points raised? I was just curious as to kind of how, how the glossary was created? Um, basically, a bit of both, really. Uh, our premise is to, where possible, if there is a standard out there, that we'll, we'll use it. Um, in many cases where there isn't, we will, you know, source and speak to subject matter experts to kind of get um, a, a, a clear definition for a particular term. So it's kind of a mixture of both. But your point is, is, is valid in terms of even within regulators, the terminology can be a bit vague. And, and likewise, when they're defining often issue a paper, what they class as a taxonomy, which will just be a paper, they don't actually provide any examples. And the thing with a taxonomy is that you can't prove that it works, given the golden rule that a coin can only appear once in it, if you don't provide those examples. So it's very easy for people to write papers and say, we've defined this taxonomy. But if they don't have the examples against it, then it's not worth anything, really. So, and that's, a, and that's a key test. When you're doing the taxonomy, you need to make sure that the golden rule isn't broken, that you end up with coins appearing in multiple classifications, which would be incorrect. That said, I think to standardize, have a standardized way of classifying a, across the market would be great, although it's unlikely, um, even though it would be extremely useful. And I'll give three reasons why I think it's unlikely to happen. Uh, first reason is if you consider government bodies and regulators, they don't really have the appetite to create one, partly because it's not really their role. They're more concerned with minimizing the impact to financial service providers and the wider economy caused by this potentially disruptive technology while reaping any potential benefits but avoiding stifling innovation. And this technology is disruptive. We, can't, we have to consider that. You only have to look at how the high street has changed with the impact of internet banking and the number of bank branches that have disappeared. And if you consider contactless payments resulting in ATMs disappearing, I mean, when was the last time any of us visited um, a bank manager? 
The second reason, while it would fit perfectly within the domain of an international standards organization like ISO or even the British Standards Institute, it takes a lot of time, a lot of man hours and effort to create a standard. There's lots of peer review consultations. And I know firsthand, as I happen to be a member of the British Standards Institute Working Group, and we're defining a security token at present, which has taken well over a year. So this is not going to happen overnight. It's something that will be, but it's not going to happen quickly. So the third reason I would give is that even within a single jurisdiction, there are going to be differences of opinion, even when it comes to the classification of crypto assets. So we look at the UK, for example, the FCA view and that of HMRC differs considerably, which is kind of to be expected since they have different objectives. If you consider the FCA is more concerned with regulatory oversight and HMRC with taxation. So for this reason, we have to accept there may be differences of classification even within a, a single jurisdiction. So I guess the question is, so should we wait for the standard classification to be defined? If I return back to the internet analogy, if Yahoo or Google had waited for a standard way of classifying web pages, then Google may have remained the academic curiosity of standards computer department and not the huge giant it is now. One of the ob obstacles that's often quoted as slowing down the wider adoption of crypto assets is the lack of understanding uh, in terms of the coins that are available and currently and how they work. If you also combine this with the opaque regulatory landscape, then this is an obstacle that kind of should be addressed and hopefully overcome. A taxonomy, I believe, can take a stride towards addressing this issue. So my answer is no, we shouldn't wait. It's time to step up and fill in the void, which is exactly what we're trying to do with our Pyaxian solution. Um, unlike the internet needed search engines, I truly believe the crypto asset market would greatly benefit from our searchable taxonomy. You still unconvinced, James? No, I, I, I'm completely convinced. I want to particularly about the first idea approach is it's, it's an independent view on it because I've been involved in various people trying to put together a standard or, or a way forward. And the problem you have is that also at the same time trying to sell your particular crypto asset or, or particular product. So having someone looking at it from a purely independent perspective, just trying to get it right, rather than trying to also co-sell the product, I, I think it's very refreshing, very new. Um, I think there's going to be always going to be skeptics out there um, who you know don't have an appreciation to, for what the benefits that can come from this um, and I can illustrate that if I can I give you a, a quote from Warren Buffett this was um, he was talking on CNBC at the time during the 2008 financial and um, so he wasn't actually talking on crypto assets at the time he was talking on traditional um, products but if you bear this in mind his words of wisdom kind of do hold true when considering the price fluctuations we see often in Bitcoin and the quote is as follows, asset appreciation draws in people that don't really know anything about the asset. They start being interested because it's going up, not because they understand it. So I rest my case. Thank you, Randy. It's been absolutely fantastic and really interesting having you on. One thing I think we should also just quickly mention is the fact we've been working together on a free app for those who are looking whether they need to be money laundering registered or not and that is currently available on the Gunnacook website. 
Wendy's been absolutely fantastic. Likewise, James. Thank you very much. Very enjoyed it immensely. If anyone uh, is interested in speaking to Wendy, her email is wendy.harrison, H-A-R-R-I-S-O-N, at first idea. That's one as in the number, S-T-I-D-E-A, dot co, C-O. Thank you very much. Thank you.